Episode 53, the podcast anniversary special episode. This is the Expat Mom podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters and married to a US diplomat. I've lived in 6 countries on 4 continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Hi everyone. This is a special day because this is the podcast anniversary of the Expat Mom podcast. It was 1 year ago today that the podcast launched. And it's so exciting to look back and see the journey over the last year and how the podcast and this community has grown. A year ago when I launched this podcast, our family had been evacuated from China for about 7 months and lived in Virginia in a small apartment due to the outbreak of COVID-19. I'm guessing our family probably shared a lot in common with what your family experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic. We had my husband was working from home and we also had four kids in four different grades trying to do distance learning. We I was trying to also work from home, so we had all six of us needing our own space and we were in a two bedroom apartment with four kids sleeping in one room and not a lot of space when we had a lot of people who needed to talk aloud and not be disturbed by each other. We had moments of feeling super frustrated, moments of feeling exhausted, moments of feeling bored, moments of feeling stir crazy, moments of feeling worried and confused. We also had a lot of fun. We played minute to win games and did karaoke and lots of fun family times, bake-offs, all sorts of things. It was a really big mix of hard and stressful and exhausting and also fun and bonding and happy. I know a lot of people also struggled in many ways. Um, people who needed to work struggled to sometimes find childcare and support their kids through distance learning, and others lost their jobs or their income. And um, so, my heart really goes out to all of the people who struggled. As I listen to a lot of the experience of expats during this time, as well as other moms, it seemed like there was so much overwhelm, exhaustion, and frustration. I think moms all over the world experienced this anyway, and then the pandemic really compounded and amplified a lot of these challenges. I was so thankful for a lot of the tools that I had learned through coaching that I decided it was time, even though it was a crazy time for our family, to finally launch my podcast. I really wanted to share some of the tools and experiences with other moms in hopes that it might be useful during this challenging time. So. Even though it was a little bit of a crazy time for me, I decided to go for it. My husband ended up returning to China earlier than we did, and so in the evenings while my kids were in bed, I began to work and research the technical side of doing a podcast so that I could launch it. One day, I also took a few minutes and listed out the first 80 topics that I wanted to cover, just to give you an idea of how many topics I was excited to talk on. And of course, as my editorial 
um, podcast list has evolved. I have actually changed a lot of those and inserted other ones because I have so many topics that I've been excited to share with you. So we're not going to run out of topics anytime soon. There are so many good ones to cover. I'm so thankful for all of you who listen and for those of you who've shared episodes with friends or those of you who have shared with me the tools or episodes that have been useful to you and helped your family. Those comments really help make all of the effort and time worth it because I know that it's making a difference to you. It's now a year out and I am enjoying podcasting even more than when I started a year ago. It seems fitting that one year later we are back in Virginia. Our family just moved from China to Virginia. We arrived in June to the United States and our family has been making the trek from Colorado all the way across the United States to Virginia. We have been visiting national parks and family and friends along the way. And it has been so much fun to help our kids kind of get a taste of America. I have loved watching their reaction to things in our home country because they've lived abroad for so much of their lives. It's interesting to see their perspective. So for example, it was fun to see their reactions to American bathrooms. They could not get over how amazing it was that everyone of the bathrooms had toilet paper and soap and that there wasn't urine on the floor. They were one of my, my little five-year-old said, mom, there's a pedestal toilet in every single stall. She just thought that was so fun. During our tour, we got to visit the Chicago Museum of Art and we visited some a famous uh, art exhibit and my kids were shocked at how many people were there because in their experience in America, they had typically been in smaller crowds and they associated large crowds with China. And so they were fascinated how many people were gathered there. I think sometimes our kids draw conclusions from a really small amount of information about their home country because they haven't spent much time there. And so their broad sweeping conclusions are often challenged when they come back and spend time in their home country. One of the other things that surprised me this week was I was taking my kids clothes shopping for school and my younger ones had never been in a dressing room to try and clothes. One of my daughters did not know if she should take her clothes off to try the clothes on. Another one of my daughters had socks on, but she was standing on top of her shoes, kind of like you would in a swimming room, changing room. because that was the only dressing room she'd ever been in. And I realized that I have ordered their clothes online for most of their life since we've lived overseas and they have actually never tried on clothes in a dressing room. Along our road trip, we have had a lot of fun adding in some American things to kind of help repatriate our kids. So for example, we did a pizza tour across the U.S. St. Louis was voted their least favorite. Sorry to all you St. Louis pizza fans. And Deep Dish Chicago pizza was their favorite. So apologies to those who love New York pizza. Some of our attempts to Americanize our kids were more successful than others. My husband and I did a school of rock and my husband taught our kids about music through the decades in America. And when my husband played Simon and Garfunkel, my teen said, dad, if you play Simon and Garfunkel again, I will die. It's been really fascinating watching our kids kind of repatriate and experience some of these simple American experiences from the perspective of being third culture kids. Our family finally arrived to Virginia this last weekend And we still don't have all of our furniture and we have boxes in every room. And I really put a thought, a lot of thought into how to commemorate this podcast anniversary. And I decided that this recent experience of being in the middle of an international move seemed like a perfect expat moment. I imagine that you can probably relate to that experience of having boxes everywhere and feeling unsettled and you're all exhausted trying to figure out new life. 
So I decided that we would do a special episode interviewing my kids. I have four daughters aged 14 down to age five, and I asked them if they would be willing to come on the podcast and share a little bit about their experience as expat kids and how this move has been for them. My kids were really nice and agreed to do it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my interview with Lauren Wells a few weeks ago, episodes 49 and 50, they are really worth listening to. They discuss the experience of a third culture kid and particularly the grief that they experience during a move. One of the things Lauren teaches is that the importance of having a chance to give voice to some of these experiences are really important. This is a sneak peek into our family and some of our experience that we've had during our international move. The sound quality may be a little bit different than usual as we are all sitting here together on the floor surrounded by boxes and some of the kids are moving during the recording. We hope you enjoy this special episode. I'm going to start by having my girls introduce themselves with their name, their age, and how many times they've moved in their life. Um, hi, I'm Madeline and, um, I'm five and, and I was born in Hawaii and I... And I moved four times. Hi, my name is Genevieve, and I am nine, and I've moved seven times. Hi, um, my name is Caroline, and I am 11, and I have moved eight times. Hi, I'm Kate, I am 14, and I have moved nine times. Thanks, guys. That's fun to hear. So what if we start by just, before we jump into the moving piece, will you just tell me something you love about living abroad? And maybe share something you don't like, too. Um, something that I love about living abroad is that, like, you get to move a lot and see a lot, a lot of cool cities and, like, that stuff. But something that I don't like about it is that, like, it's really busy and, like, you'll have to pack a lot. Mm, that's really true. One thing that I like moving because we get to meet new people and go to different schools and travel all over the world, and it's really fun. Anything you don't like? Um, um I can't really think of it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Caroline. One thing I really like about moving is seeing how all the different cultures in different places is different because, like, the customs or, like, what's considered polite would be different, like, in China than Virginia or Hawaii or something like that. That's so true. Anything you don't like? Um, I don't really like how busy and stressed we are when we first get to the new place because we don't have a lot of resources or places, mm-hmm. things to do. Yeah. It's good. Oh, Jenny, you have something to add? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I agree. Something that I don't like as much is that, like, sometimes we really like our old house, and then, like, mm. there's a house that we might not like as much, or that we have to leave behind our, like, school and our friends. Mm. Yeah, that's really true. Um, Kate, what are your thoughts? Something I like about moving is that you always, you never get bored of a place, or if you do, you know you're going to move to a new place soon, and so there's always new things to experience. Um, 
it also just makes you like a better world citizen. You understand more about other people, and you're more empathetic and compassionate to different peoples, cultures, um, religions, things like that. But and there's also really fun stories to tell. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, I I don't like that you have to say goodbye, mm. especially like when you have to do it so much. You almost like skip over it sometimes because you know it's going to be really hard. Mm, thanks for sharing that. You know, that actually leads us into our first question, which is, Kate, why don't we start with you, which is what are kind of the top two or three emotions that you felt during moving? That's a good question. Uh, for this move, I would say two or three emotions I felt were disbelief because I didn't really register like totally that like I was leaving the place that like I lived for three years and then it kind of hit me and I felt a lot of sadness and then I kind of started to feel disappointment because some things here weren't the same as my old home and it was kind of, it's kind of hard to get used to a new place. Mm, thanks for sharing. Melanie, tell us some of your emotions that you've had. I've had a lot of feelings. My top three emotions is scared, happy, and mad. Mm. What made you feel scared? Um, like all the new teachers and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What made you feel happy? Um, that like. Because, like, you get to see all these new places. But what I'm mad about, like, sometimes the house, I don't like it. Yeah, our house was a little different than we expected when we arrived, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Caroline, tell me something that you have really looked forward to about this move. Um, I've really looked forward to having, um, actually, like, American food and yummy food. <laughs> instead of having the Chinese food. So it, I was really looking forward to that and seeing our cousins who also lived here and our family instead. And so we could just like take like a two-hour plane ride instead of an 18-hour plane ride to see them. Mm. That's, that'll be really nice. Jennifer, what have you looked forward to? Well, I'm really looking forward to our school and I'm also looking forward to... And people speaking English. Mm. Okay, Madeline, what's something that you miss about Shanghai? I don't like that we had a moon and I, and I really liked our house and I really liked our school. Mm, so you're really missing your house and school? Yeah. Kate, what's something that you're missing about Shanghai? Um, I think that whenever you are in like an expat community abroad, there's always a built-in sense of, like, a built-in sense of community, and, like, everyone around you is kind of in the same boat, and so they're all really welcoming and kind, and we just kind of feel at home because those are kind of the people that you are, too. And so I guess I kind of miss that here, where there are a lot of expats and diplomats, but there aren't as many, and it's not really the same situation, so you don't have that same sense of community. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. How about you, Genevieve? What's something you're missing about Shanghai? Mm, 
I really miss our house because mm. we each had our own rooms in the playroom. And I also, and like the pool and stuff. And I also really miss like our school and my friends and our neighborhood. And, and yeah. Kelly, what's something that has helped you feel settled? being in a new place? Um, I think it really helps me when we f get some like cute decorations and personalize the house because it really helps it feel like home and you get the picture frames and like get a new bedspread. And it also helps me when we um, go visit school and see where we're going to be going and doing and kind of the schedule for the next year. So you kind of like seeing where you're going to be and then kind of knowing ahead what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Kate, how about you? I would say something that really helps is exploring and figuring out kind of your area. Like one of the first days we got to this house, we went out and walked around our neighborhood so that we would know kind of where we're, what we're surrounded by. And that was really cool. It also helps to... Uh, do familiar things, like go to a familiar restaurant, do a familiar thing together as a family, do something that makes it feel like home, but then also do new things that kind of start a new fun tradition in that place mm. and find new things that you like about that place because sometimes it's easy to just compare it to the place you used to live, but if you find good things about your new home because that's where you're going to be living, it's the place that you're going to be for the next whatever time, um, it really helps to find good things because mm. then you're yeah just helps you feel more like home good insights what are some of the like familiar family things that like our family does on a regular basis that you enjoy doing when we get to a new place i really like family pizza and movie night like even in taiwan where we had to go to the store and we got like this weird thin crust pizza <laughs> with like really weird cheese and then like corn peas and <laughs> diced carrots <laughs> It was still fun because we were, like, carrying on that tradition of, like, mm. family pizza on movie night. Or we do waffles on Sundays. We go on Sunday walks. We have, like, a special mommy and daddy time every night where we, like, read a book or watch a show with mom and dad before we go to bed. Mm. Those are just, like, familiar simple things that we do that just helps us feel more like home. Yeah, that makes sense. And what's something you've enjoyed doing? Oh, we've only been here a few days, but is there anything you've enjoyed in Virginia doing that kind of makes you excited to be here? Genevieve, you want to jump in on that one? Since we brought our scooters, this neighborhood was really fun to scooter around in because there was like this big hill. Oh yeah, scooter hill. That we named Scooter Hill, and then we ride scooters down really fast, and <laughs> it's really fun to ride on. I love that you guys named it. What has been some, now that you're here, even though we've been here only a few days, what's something that's different than you expected about the move or about our new place versus our old place? Um, I think something that's different is that, so the neighborhood in China, it was called a compound and it was like, there was walls on all four sides and there were guards and big gates and you had to end answer information to get in and I kind of like it better here because instead of people watching us all the time we kind of had like more 
freedom and it's like we can walk out of the neighborhood without people like stopping us and asking what house number we are and people can't like yell at us for climbing trees <laughs> i i okay. disagree with karen i like having a welding compound mm. but um it's also different because shanghai was such a big city with so many people always going somewhere this feels like a little bit calmer Mm-hmm. But there's also not as much going on, which is kind of different after living in big cities for most of my life. Mm-hmm. It is really different to be in a place where, like, you don't look outside and see hundreds of skyscrapers and, like, thousands and millions of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just going to take some getting used to. Caroline, did you want to add something? Um, I was just thinking about how much easier it is to go outside and you're, like, worried about your lungs because in Shanghai the pollution was so bad that some days we, like, couldn't go outside without wearing, like, pollution masks. And it's a lot better here. And I am also think that it our house was different than we expected because it was it's a lot smaller than the Shanghai house, so it's going to take some get, some getting used to. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks, guys. That's been great to hear your thoughts about moving. Before we finish up, um, why don't you share what it's like to have a life coach as a mom? (laughs) (laughs) Genevieve, you want to share? I I like it because at dinner time or breakfast, um, she shares cool lessons (laughs) to us. Kelly, how about you? Um... (laughs) (laughs) it's really nice because when like we have a problem our mom will talk through it with us and she has lots of good ideas to manage our brain (laughs) 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 and but sometimes like when we're um not like when you're little, when, like, your mama teaches us lessons, we wouldn't really know what to keep to ourselves and what to share with others. So sometimes, <laughs> we, like, when someone was, like, saying something, we'd be like, that's jumping to conclusions! <laughs> and it would be really... And then we'd come home and, like, be so proud of ourselves, and then our mom would be like, oh, maybe let's just talk, like, think of ourselves what we're doing. So I think <laughs> now that we're older, it's better, though. It's really good, Caroline. Madeline, what's something that you, um, how do you feel about having a mom as a life coach? Um, it's that some, sometimes she puts us in her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like having a mom as a life coach. It's really cool because we'll be look, seeing people and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, your mom is has such a great podcast. And then you're like, thanks. Um, and so it's like kind of cool because you're kind of like famous and then he did a Google search on you and then your podcast came up and it was like, oh, I have a famous mom. But like sometimes, when, and then like sometimes when I come home from school and I'm like, this person was so mean to me, my life is over. And then my mom, I can tell she's like fighting because with herself because one side of her wants to be like I'm so sorry honey and then the other part of herself wants to be like okay let's look at the CT far model of this <laughs> and then like you can tell that like she doesn't know which one to say but then, like she ends up going with the mom side of her and then she's like do you want me to offer you some advice which is really nice because her advice really helps me work through some things and I've learned a lot from her 
Good. Yeah, and it really helps us. Yeah, it really helps us. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing from my daughters. You can tell they are really experiencing a wide range of emotions through this moving process. I'm really thankful that they were willing to come on and help me celebrate the one-year anniversary of the Expat Mom podcast. We have had a lot of fun recording this, and I've included a short bloopers reel from our recording. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. We're not going to post it. This is our bloopers reel. (laughs) Mountain. (laughs) So today. (laughs) If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.com.